My name is Scott Edwards, and I would like to welcome you back to the Scott's Thoughts Podcast. This is episode 8, and it's certainly a big one, as I have Ricky Doyle of Nesson on to talk about a, a slew of things, including my time at Nesson, uh, how he got to Nesson, sports being back, and, you know, so much more. I really enjoyed having him on, as, you know, he he helped me so much in my time at Nesson. I, he was the guy that, you know, I had my interview with, and... You know, that connection was there from the word go, and I can't thank him enough for giving me all the tips and help through the, you know, month that I was there. So, this talk was awesome. I hope you guys enjoy it, and I will talk to you on the other side. So, without further ado, my interview with Ricky Doyle. All right, I am here with Nesson's Ricky Doyle. Um, he was very helpful in my time there, and uh, I'm happy that he's given me a few, an hour or so to uh, talk to him. So, Ricky, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, I see that, you know, we're doing this on, uh, we got a nice Zoom call set up. You have an immaculate <laughs> background going, so it's good to Thank see you. Thank you. <laughs> You're traveling the globe. Hey, you um, know I've always carried good backgrounds with me. Like, this uh, is true. Uh, and also the fact that you, you know, you had me, you having me on. So it, clearly I didn't, I didn't do anything to offend you, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> I try to avoid that at all costs. So. Well, this is to make up for the, you know, two months I lost out of the office. So I know, you know, I still feel bad about that. If I could have put a stop to this whole global pandemic <laughs> thing to get you back into the office, I would have done that. Yeah. Yeah. What, what the heck? Why did you, <laughs> you still not put a stop to it? Come on. Like, what are you waiting <laughs> I know, for? Right. If you could, that'd be awesome, by the way. If you have that option to just click a button, just let me know. It would be nice. This, yeah. uh, this sucks. But, hey, at least we got some stuff going on now. So. Yes, yes. So, since we're talking about uh, this wonderful global pandemic that we're having, uh, how has quarantine um, and all of this been for you, personally? Uh, it's strange. I mean, I, I think that's probably a pretty generic answer you're going to get from people. But Yeah. Um, like we were just saying that even before we came on, like there's that, you know, you, you, there's that human interaction element that you miss from the, from the work life, certainly. Oh, yeah. uh, just, you know, being able to, I mean, we, you have the zoom calls and constantly you know, making phone calls and keeping a, a dialogue through email and all that. But, um, you know, definitely the, the in-person face-to-face interaction that you're not having at this point from, from a work standpoint sort of stinks, but, yeah. Uh, we're just sort of, you know, just sort of pressing through like everybody, um, fortunate enough to, to continue to, to be working throughout all this. So I, I certainly don't take that for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that we actually have sports coming back, it's you know giving us more stuff to, to cover and, uh, to look forward to, because oh. I, I think that was the most frustrating part of like, from a coverage standpoint was just, and it's funny, like you talked to a lot of, like talking to a lot of my friends and family they just kind of assume when everything was shut down that, you know, like we just, they're like, what do you have to write about? Or, you know, what do you have to cover? <laughs> and I'm like, that's a, you know, that's a fair valid question. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, when you're in the, the digital space, it's not like we can just turn off the website, uh, turn off our social <laughs> media and just be like, all right, right. we'll up in a few months when this virus goes away. So they're worth, you know, certainly with availabilities and athletes speaking out now more so than ever on social media. Uh, it's just always these random stories that would seem to, to pop up. But uh, I think now that we're back into the mix a little bit uh, with sports coming back, we can stop speaking so much in hypotheticals. Uh, yeah. Of course, there, there's still some room for that when you're given the, uh, the unpredictability of a lot of things. But 
uh, we actually have games and whatnot. So, yes, that's fun. I mean, I was there for peak uh, nothing happening. Like, I was there for the moments. Right when when everything (laughs) hit the fan, you were right in the mix. I mean, you got pretty lucky because, like, Tom Brady decided to leave right when it happened as well. So, like, there was a little work there for when I was there. But, yeah, I I can't imagine what the past few months were like. I can't thank the Patriots enough. That's for sure. For being the worst, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> they've uh, they've certainly have had no shortage of in- intrigue over the past few years, or well, past twenty years, really. But um, past year, we been. needed them with this whole thing. I think we needed them now more than ever. And you know, you get the Brady free agency, and then uh, you know, obviously, there's still lingering Antonio Brown stuff. Oh, the Brown trade away. comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Uh, you know, all the intrigue leading up to the NFL draft. Uh, and then they just dropped Cam Newton on your lap. So I certainly appreciate what, the, what they got going on in Foxborough. Yeah, they did a lot more than the other three teams in terms of <laughs> news. And they weren't even playing. Like, it wasn't even their time of season. They just were like, ah, I guess I guess it's our time to shine. Yep, always, like, always I mean, grabbing the headlines. Oh, man, you just reminded me of so much bad that happened to the Patriots. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'd like to, uh, you know, switch gears a little before, you know, getting back into sports because, uh, of course, that's the main reason I like to have you on because sports are back. It's wonderful. However, I did want to ask you, how did you get started in writing and journalism? So, uh, all right. So I guess this is another probably common path, I guess. Uh, you know, once you realize that maybe you're not quite as good as sports as uh, you initially <laughs> anticipated once you struggle to hit a curveball and uh, realize that everybody else can hit moon shots and you can't, then you got to sort of find a different avenue into the, the sports realm. That's why um, slow pitch softball is created. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I still have that to hang on to. Um, but yeah, I just always had an interest in sports, obviously. And then uh, I always just sort of had an interest in writing too. So it was just kind of like a natural fit where, you know, you get, you, you reach that point in high school where you got to figure out what it is you want to do. Um, and I think the, the thing with me is I, I just, I, I couldn't bear the thought of like staring at a spreadsheet all day or like oh. it's having a very um, monotonous and mundane nine to five, which, you know, you have people telling you like, you know, don't, you're not going to get into this, this line of work for the money. And obviously there's, there's some truth to that, but like the way I, the way I was looking at it was, you know, if I can combine two things that uh, I enjoy, uh, I think, you know, I'm pretty knowledgeable and decent in both of them and sort of uh, turn it into, you know, turn it into a career. I think that that's, you know, that's ultimately what, people are striving for and they're setting out to figure it figure out what it is they want to do in life. Um, and then like, yeah, so I, from there, I just, I went to Emerson college for, uh, it was at the time print and multimedia journalism was the major. Uh, it is kind of weird. It was sort of like, I was, I graduated in 2011. So like social media was just sort of coming into its own. Like I remember even when I first started in Nesson, like Twitter, Twitter wasn't what it is today, obviously. No. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I, I took a class in, you know, newspaper layout, one of my final semesters that uh, I've definitely put the tremendous use clearly. Um, <laughs> but like, so, you know, it was sort of, everything was sort of evolving at that point. Uh, but I do think Emerson was a ahead of the curve with regards to a lot of their other classes. So. Yeah. I was kind of prepared for that. And then, uh, yeah, and then I, I interned with Nesson. And then right around the time I was uh, about to graduate, the spot opened up, uh, started working on the desk as a assistant editor, you know, both writing and posting our beat writer stories at the time. Um, it was a, a lot of, uh, I will say timing has is, is worked out well. Like it's a lot of yeah. right place, right time. Uh, I, you know, again, just like I didn't do enough to, to piss you off. I, I guess I didn't do enough <laughs> to piss everybody else off, uh, during my internship. So I hope I didn't. So they, they, <laughs> they decided to hire me and then, uh, yeah, it, it's sort of, I guess, since I've been with Ness and like, I've sort of changed roles a little bit, uh, yeah. over the years, just, I mean, I, I did the, the Red Sox beat for three years, you know, out at Fenway for all the home games. Um, time it was well i always say you know first year i did was uh 2013 so oh. I, I don't 
I don't take credit for the, the World Series, but <laughs> certainly uh, there's, there's something to be said there, I would think. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, but then eventually I just, I you know, I kind of got interested in not just the writing aspect, but more of like the, I guess like the business side of, uh, of the digital space and just yeah. uh, content planning and figuring out, you know, what it is that is driving the conversation, what's right. attracting our readers and sort of just playing a role in our overall editorial strategy. Um, yeah. So from there, I, I transitioned from the beat to, to working in, I guess, a, a bigger picture capacity. Yeah. I mean, a better way of putting it. I mean, but, knowing, knowing the trends and stuff like that, I I've learned in my very short time, you know, writing or whatever, that's like the most important thing. Cause you're getting views that's more successful and that means better for you in the long run. So I, I get that. And I know you should, you show me a few things uh, like the Google analytics and stuff like that. I mean, you knew what you were doing. I was, I just saw a lot of numbers, <laughs> but, which I was like, that's Oh, awesome. sure. But I, I, I can imagine. And I know Nesson continues to keep growing. So clearly you're doing something right. Like you said. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, like, it's just interesting how you sort of get into something. And then like, if you had asked me when I was in college or, you know, in high school, even what it was specifically that I wanted to do, I probably would have said, you know, I would have said a beat writer and more specifically the Red Sox beat writer. Mm -hmm. And then like I started doing it and I, you know, I loved it, obviously. Like I I was covering a team I grew up a huge fan of and uh, complain there. Yeah. And so it was just like, everything sort of, fell into place and I'm like this is great uh but then there was also sort of just like from an you know I just kind of you take an interest in other things as well while you're sort of navigating those waters and like there was there was a certain aspect of it where I did feel a little disconnected being out at the park all the time or like if I was working from home during a road trip um so a little disconnected from like our overall editorial strategy and like yes. how we were covering the other teams and what was going into some of those decisions. So uh, I, I tried as much as possible, even when I was doing the Red Sox beat to not focus solely on the Red Sox. Like I was just interested in everything else we were doing too. Right. Right. Um, and then sort of after a while, like having it with, you know, after some conversations with our editor in chief at the time, um, right around 2015, like middle of the 2015 season, I, you know, went back into the office and sort of started working with, like I said, the, the bigger picture stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and that's allowed me to, to now, you know, cover all the, all the sports and, uh, take a deeper dive into, to what it is people are reading and, and making decisions that way. And, uh, yeah, like you said, we, we've grown both in yeah. um, size and scope and, uh it's been fun it's been interesting but it's it's been fun i mean it sounds like one heck of a road uh well i'm with you with the beat writer thing like i'm still like that's my you know long-term goal but i mean i will go wherever this job takes me as long as i have a job to go to you know and that's the way i think you gotta look at it you know it's you you start down one path and then who knows like you, you might get into a position somewhere and like, like I said, either you, something else interests you or uh, there's some sort of challenge that you're like, Oh, I, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good at this. So maybe I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give this a whirl and see how it goes. Right. right. And um, I can imagine going to Fenway 81 plus days a year might right. take a toll on someone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it definitely varies by season too. I mean, 2013 yeah. obviously was, that everything wrote itself right. that year. Oh, yeah. That year you probably couldn't wait to go. This year, yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> This year I don't think I'd want to go. I think we'd be like, ah, oh, man. Time but to just go. think, too. I mean, if I had continued to do that right. and not didn't really transition into the, the overall role I am in now. Yeah. I mean, me and you never would have got to enjoy the times that we had in the office. Who knows if I would have even met, made it? Because you, in the <laughs> yeah. end, were – the person i was interviewed by it's, so you never know what a trickle down effect maybe someone else does the interview with me and they're like oh this kid stinks and then <laughs> they're just like they just send them to the side so you never know so it worked out for me too yeah, yeah. changed a little and you know <laughs> learn more and all that good stuff um so uh we talked about you know how you you changed a little but in 
in the big picture, you're still you're still right. Um, you still cover, um, like you said, you follow the trends and whatnot. So if there was you know one tip to give people like myself um, trying to get into the sports journalism journalism industry or you know media as a whole, what would it be? Well, you've already you've you've definitely taken steps to. Uh, to achieve one of them, you know, I, yeah. I think when we first, when we, when we left off uh, after your internship, I said, you know, it's to start a podcast or, or do yeah. something where you're able to build those connections. Um, so I think that that's one of them just to, to constantly sort of put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it be with a podcast or in a blog format or just, you know, something to just continuously hone your craft in, in some manner. Like yeah. I think they'll, they'll, worst thing you could do would be to just you know sit around and and hope that you just ultimately land in a, a specific a very specific position like yeah, just, no. <laughs> just yeah just to sort of like you know broaden your, your skill set as much as possible and i you know that's something that i even try to do now with like whether it's like online courses or uh if we're offered something whether it's even th- through the company or on my own where it's you know you have these an ability to learn something if it's a seminar or whatever just to just go ahead and do it i mean that Mm -hmm. i think that's where you'll you'll find out what both what you're good at and what you're interested in um and just trying to create that versatility i mean you've seen like our staff uh, you know one second somebody's writing a story about you know writing the the red Sox lineups posts and then flash forward five minutes and they're writing a story about a conor mcgregor tweet Right, then, exactly. You know, Twenty minutes later, they're you know helping out with some sort of sales initiative, and then after that, they're going ahead and they're writing a Bruins analysis piece. So it's like, <laughs> if you can wear all those it's different true. hats, I think it's only going to help you in the long run. So, um, yeah, if you can create, you can make yourself a jack of all trades, maybe a master of none, but a jack of all trades. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that that's that works out in the long run. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I think that just. Uh, just having that open-mindedness yeah. would be the, you know, my, my biggest piece of advice. Yeah. And I think, uh, at least when I was in, when I was there, um, a big thing that I noticed that you guys let the interns do was, you know, try something in all these different, you know, like we, I got to try video. I, I mean, I was mostly writing, but I got to, you know, go cut videos and, uh, work with like Pat, you know, during the games and see what he can do. So I always thought that was really cool because I know, I know from what I've been told of other people about other companies in the same, you know, aspect of sports and, you know, media, it's not always like that. They kind of just do one thing the whole time and that's it. So I do appreciate that because like you said, you don't have to be a master, but get, yeah, just know a few things and in, in the way apply like- for anything. And I will say, like, when it comes to, to internships and stuff, it's like, I know it's in, extremely cliche to say, but, like, you do really get out of it, I think, what you put into it. Yeah. So, you know, somebody like you comes in and wants to learn. I Like, I, I you know, I, it's on countless occasions, you you know, sort of express to me, like, hey, I'm open to doing this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, somebody, that, you know, in my position or, you know, in a different position in our department sees that, and they're like, you know, one, we can rely on him to be able to do these types of things, but he has an interest in it too. And like, yeah. so, you know, let's make sure that they get the, the most they can out of this internship. And right. I think that that's an internship is a really good spot to, to figure out what it is that you, you know, you like and, and don't like, I mean, yeah. you mentioned some of the, some of the tasks, you know, that even that I do or anybody, any employee across the country has right. in their job there's certain aspects of it they're not going to like you know, yeah. certain tasks that like they're like this is just a gigantic pain in the ass but you have to do it and then with that comes the stuff that you enjoy doing so it's mm-hmm. yeah you know, it's just figuring it out you know being how much time you can devote to certain things and whatnot and um yeah, I know it's like the internship specifically, that was the one thing when whenever anybody comes in is just to get them trained up and exposed to it really as much of our department, you know, workflow and our company really at large. I mean, yeah. 
if if there's something that's going on, whether it's a uh, you know like a guest speaker comes in or uh, there's something going on in a different department that I think would be beneficial to you in the long run. Like I would love for you to explore something like that. So it's just, you know, it's exposing you to a, to a lot of different things because I think that'll help you build those skills. And like I said, also figure out what it is that you like to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about it in the, in the end, but I have talked to multiple people. They asked me about it and I'm like, they let you do like, they let you be a part of the work. Like I know, again, a lot of internships that they'll have you do like, you know, keep them busy type tasks. But like I was looking for stories daily and I think there's credit to you guys for, you know, allowing that. And I can't thank you enough, but I have probably thanked you enough that you don't want to hear it anymore so we can move (laughs) on. I want to move on from, you know, the, the work side a little bit because as much as we love that part I could talk about that all day there's I also like to bring in you know the current day events and as we know now sports are back it was a long road but they're back um and how have you enjoyed the new feel to them like you know no fans all that wonderful stuff the bubbles so I'm, many uh, other terms I am I'm loving the the oddity of everything like I, I am all in on just embracing the the quirkiness of things mm-hmm. like the weirder the better yeah. you know, because it's just there's such an odd feel to everything as it is mm-hmm. so like I, I, it's almost just like screw it let's just really get weird yeah it's especially like I, I look at you know like a, the MLB season where it's just with the 60 game schedule and uh now we get the seven inning double headers that they're implementing and uh, obviously the no fans throws a, a wrinkle into things. So it's just, I mean, let's just, let's get weird. And <laughs> like, you know, at the, uh, I don't know if you saw the other night on the, uh, on the Fox broadcast, I think it was of the Red Sox Yankees game, but like they had the, the, they superimposed video game fans into the crowd. Yeah. Like, that was a weird one. Cause they didn't like, like, react the to anything. <laughs> 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 like, I think it was a judge home run. And he, like, just would have nailed one of the fans. And they just kind of, like, stood there. I was like, oh, well, I mean, they could have at least had them move. But, but yeah, I kind of do, like, the odd stuff, like you said. Um, how do you feel about no fans? Do you like that? I, I mean, mean, it's – For what you can deal with? It's one of those things – I thought that that would be probably the most awkward part, I guess, of this yeah. whole thing. Um and then there was obviously a lot of talk about how they're going to approach the fake crowd noise and everything. And I do right. feel like you, you need that sort of ambient sound mm-hmm. pumped in there to an extent because uh, it, nothing would be more awkward than being able to hear a pin drop. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it takes a little getting used to, but uh, honestly, when I've watched watching the games on TV and, and not having fans there, like it hasn't, I don't know. It hasn't really taken away from any of the enjoyment at this point. Right. I mean, maybe when it's, we get to like playoff time and you don't yeah. have that, uh, you know, that element of, you know, say it's game seven of the NBA finals and right. the yeah. not being a crowd is sort of weird, but uh, to this point, and maybe it is just a product of having such an appetite for uh, anything sports related after mm-hmm. such, such a long layoff that, you know, you'll take anything, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't really bothered me all that much from a viewing experience standpoint. I mean, I'd kind of love to see like one baseball game just with the no fan sounds and just yeah. only hear the players and like the sounds of baseball, because I think that's like, I always like the sounds of baseball. That's probably because I'm a baseball fan, former player, but like well, hearing definitely... the glove snap, the bat, like, Definitely sport by sport, you know, like yeah. that, that would, like I could, I'm sure I could deal with that. Like I think the NHL would be a very uh, oh, no. soothing experience. Oh, yeah. me, Cause I think the, oh, the switching yeah. of the ice, uh, yes. they could deal with that. But like, if you were to watch an NBA game without any background noise and it's just the squeaking of the shoe. Oh, I'm like hearing it in my issue. ear right now. And I'm like thinking chalkboard the whole yeah. time. Oh yeah. I'm agree. Oh, I can, I can imagine hockey being interesting without sound. Never thought about it. I mean, it's the playoffs, so, like, I don't know if I could, you know, live without that. But 
It'd be interesting, and I wish I wish like these players are just allowed to be heard all the time. I know their most of their words are probably a cuss, but <laughs> like it would be awesome. I think it was Jack Peterson. He was the first cuss on like ESPN. Yeah, uh, it was like the night night one. He had like a pop up or something. He just screamed at the top of his lungs. I was like, wow, yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get a little bit of that. Yeah, but uh, you did beat me to uh, one of my questions, which was. So far, we've seen the NHL, you know, do their, like, new version of playoffs. And the NBA is ramping up, and they should be doing it as soon as, I think, next week or the week after. Do you think the playoff atmospheres, you know, will live up to the – I mean, it's tough without the real fans. But do you yeah. think it can, you know, kind of be at the same level? I think the – I mean – I think you're already seeing sort of like the, the intensity it hasn't really been lacking all that much in the, yeah. in the games. I mean, that first, that first NBA game right after the restart, that like Lakers Clippers game came right down to the, the wire and, mm-hmm. uh, and there was some smack talk going on back and forth. And yeah. you know, it seemed there was, you know, it was a pretty competitive environment, especially when you're talking about a game in which, I mean, these seeding games in the NBA aren't, you know, they're not the end all be all. It's not like they're jumping right yeah. into the playoffs. So uh, you look at the NHL and you get you know, you guys dropping the mitts right away. Oh, so, that's awesome. <laughs> so, so there is that, you know, I think there's the competitiveness is, is there. I haven't really seen uh, like it hasn't had an impact on the, the entertainment value of anything. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. Like you said, when it's uh, like it, when we get deeper into the NHL playoffs or in the, God forbid, you know, hopefully the MLB playoffs roll around and uh, we get to the NBA playoffs. We'll sort of see how that goes. But um, I, I, like I said before, I think that there's, there's such an appetite for just sports being back in general um, yep. that you'll just sort of take whatever you can get and be happy about it. I'm in agreement there. I mean, watching <laughs> hockey at 12 o'clock in the afternoon has been a pretty cool uh uh, feature of all this <laughs> it's probably my favorite part of the whole deal is how it's got yeah. a very like march madness feel to it yes it's yes just, like the around the clock games going on and yeah even if you're oh, not yeah. even if you're working or, or doing something and you're not devoting all your attention to it just like the idea of having something on in the background oh it's so, it's such an i can agree with you there like when when the red sox were back yet i was sitting on like my porch and i was like you know i'd really love if there was just a red sox game on in the background for me to like pay attention to while i'm just sitting here in the sun yeah and we never, finally have that it never quite felt like summer without right. having like a game to, to toss on at night so yeah like all of a at sudden least you have that like, yeah, all of a sudden I feel like doing stuff now. Like now that like the, all sports are back because everything feels a little normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the Red Sox, I know how much of a struggle they've been at times this year. But since we both love baseball, we probably don't mind that even even if they're not that great at times, at least they're playing. Um, is there any – however, is there any other teams you've been watching um, notably – because I know uh, it's been an interesting season, to say yeah. the least. I mean, I've, I've caught myself watching a lot of uh, West Coast games. Yes. And I do this, I think, I think I do this every year as it is anyways, like right, right when baseball returns, mm-hmm. that I just always find myself watching, like just watching what the Padres or like I'll just watch these random West Coast games, yes. uh, like midweek West Coast games. Uh, probably staying up way way later than I should be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I find myself doing that again, uh, but m- maybe even more so than usual just because of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we've caught, it, so I've caught a lot of Padres action. Yeah, uh, they're good, though. They're good, though. That's the the A's and the Angels, those, those two teams, have caught a, a decent amount of. <laughs> I've caught them too. And the the thing is too is like there are some teams out on the West Coast that I'm actually like oddly fascinated by and Mm -hmm. and think could could be really good in this whole sixty game sprint. Yeah. So it kinda works out well. Like I think I think the Padres are pretty intriguing given how like young they are and Mm -hmm. uh even some of the prospects that they got that haven't made it there yet. Uh same with with Oakland. So uh it kind of works out well at these teams that I do have some sort of interest in watching happen to be the teams that play uh, it, you know, on the West coast at 10 o'clock at night when I have nothing else to watch. 
I'm with you. I feel like I know the entire Padres organization now after the trade rumors for the past, you know, year yeah. and a half. I feel like uh, every time someone's on, I'm like, ah, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> I don't even know why I know him, but I know him. And, like, he's just some, like, backup second baseman. I'm like, ah, oh, this is my other team. But, yep. yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, I've saw, I've watched a lot of the Reds. Uh, yeah. They're a fun little team to watch. Uh, they're also, like, I feel like people are realizing they're pretty good too. But, yeah. I'm with you on the West Coast thing. I just, like, kind of put on MLB TV. I'm like, oh, look, the A's are playing. Usually the Angels, I feel like. I feel like the past week they've been playing the same team. But yeah, uh, Angels, Mar- you Mariners, you know, a lot of Mariners, and they really like going. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that's that's tough, but <laughs> baseball's back. That's all that matters. That's all. And, that's and all that matters like, when it comes to it. It's just, like, trying to get a feel for these teams, too, is yeah. sort of strange because – it, I like you can't help but think that like this is a year in which you know like a middle of the road fringe playoff contender sort of swoops in there and steals oh, yeah. the title. So, oh yeah, I'm I I can imagine. Yeah, like the Padres. There you go. Yeah, perfect um, option. Uh, let me ask you: Do you think the season will find a solution? Like, do you think we will see a World Series champion? Uh, I mean, I I'm nervous. I'm certainly nervous. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll take an optimistic approach and say that I will, but I, uh, I don't feel confident in really. We like, we like optimism. That's it's what, just, that's, it's just tough about... when you know you, you s- seemingly wake up every day to, uh, you know, a story about more new cases on a, yeah. a team that's already been infected or, uh, just like you know, I think it was like twenty percent of the league's schedule on Friday night was was canceled, so, uh, postponed. Um, so the, uh, those are certainly discouraging, but my hope at least is that this is sort of a pro like the early stages of figuring yeah. everything out. And that yeah. once guys start taking the protocols a little more seriously, and once they, you know, you, you sort through some of these logistics that the cases go down, but it's tough. It's the, the travel really is when it comes to baseball, it it's the travel element and just, you know, it, it's hard to tell these guys you got to stay in your room for 24 hours when you travel. And I don't know. Yeah. It's ultimately it's, it's going to be tricky, but we, this might just be an instance of piecing together a schedule for the entire season, getting to the finish line and having some teams that have played 60 games and other teams that have played 52, 53 games. And we're looking at winning percentages being the determining factor of who makes the playoffs and things like that. So, I mean, I, Adam Wainwright was on the uh, MLB Network today, and he he's on the Cardinals, which is one of the teams, you know, that all their games are getting canceled right now. They're all in quarantine. He was talking about being stuck in his hotel room because he can't leave it at all. Yeah. And he's not he's not one of the people sick, but he's like, listen, I'm, I'm a Major League Baseball player living in a fancy hotel. There's a lot of people that are worse off <laughs> than I am. Yeah. <laughs> so, like – it's just just, wild to think like the whole Marlins thing is, is wild on so many levels, but the, the the one thing that I just kept thinking about was how they were, they were basically were just trapped in Philadelphia for a week, you know, like it, it wasn't even as if they had a, a, an outbreak and they were at home or they were just in a completely different city and were quarantined for several days until they finally, you know, got those buses to transport them back to Mm -hmm. Miami, which, you know, God bless whoever's driving those buses. Uh, it's going to be the worst job in America. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just weird. It's like, okay, right, we got this entire professional sports team. Well, not entire, but, you know, the one. 18 players. Might as well have been the entire team. Uh, yeah, just yeah. like, you know, hold up in a, a hotel, like just, just waiting. Yeah, they have like a 58-man roster starting tonight, I think they said. Yeah. Which is absurd, but. I mean, it's, whatever you got to do, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and it's just you talk like the the salary implications of it, and uh-huh. if you talk about service time with with certain prospects, so right. like it, it's it's weird in the moment, but yeah. realistically, like this this could impact some teams for years down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, you bring up a top prospect now, you accumulate a certain amount of service time, and you lose his you know he, he hits free agency a year early or something like yeah. just like 
so you're navigating this season where it's like, hey, what the heck? Like we're just almost it almost feels like you're playing with house money if you're just you, the, the fact that you have a season. But uh, there is definitely some long term implications too. Yeah, and I know the Marlins like they definitely deal with a lot of that because their prospects. I mean, they have they've been adding them up for all these years now, and they kind of just have to send some out there. I know they just called up two of their top prospects for tonight's game. So it is kind of interesting to look at like that. But, you know, hopefully they can all get better. And that brings me to, you know, my last big sports question, which I think a lot of people are wondering about. Um, I'm hopeful that the NFL can return. And I talked to you a little about this the other day. Um, But I'm definitely wishy-washy on if they will. And if they do, for how long. So, like, what are you thinking? Because there's so many different roads this can go down. I'm almost 100% sure we see a week one. That's about it. Yeah, you want to talk about a logistical <laughs> nightmare? I feel like yeah. that's that's what we're looking at with the NFL. Like, it's just yeah. – I mean, the whole – the bubble concept seems to be working well with the NHL and NBA, but clearly just, like, is not – a feasible option for the NFL given the sheer volume of players and personnel and things like that. So like that's, they're going to be traveling, which, you know, unless this suddenly the, you get this the coronavirus under control, like they're going to be facing a lot of the same hurdles that major league baseball is currently facing, but just, it seems like on a much larger scale, given like the the number of moving parts involved, um, and then you, you just when you start to consider like the the actual on field portion of things, like mm-hmm. you're looking at fifty some odd guys tackling each other, on, you know, like it's just it's not a lot of social distancing going on there. No, no, so, you know, it's it's just a lot. It's just a, a whole lot, and I think that I do think the NFL will go to leaps and bounds to, to make sure that they have some sort of season. Like, I don't know if they're going to be deterred by a certain number of cases in the early going, like it strikes the NFL strikes me as a, you know, a league that's just going to sort of plow ahead and, and yeah. hope for the best. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. And we're getting like, we're getting there. Like this is seasons a little, little over a month away. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's it's not like it's not too forward thinking anymore. It seemed for for a while it was like, well, at least the NFL has all this time to work with, and we everything should be in the clear by then. We're you know a month out from this thing, and it's right. Yeah, I uh, still sort of a this is still sort of a lot of figuring things out, I guess. Yeah, it's been kind of surreal watching like the training camp so far because I saw like video of Tom, you know, throwing to Mike Evans or Gronk or someone. And I was like, okay, so football's like kind of the back. Like the, yeah. we're in training camp. Like I'm about to watch Hard Knocks in like a week. Like this is yeah. happening. And uh, I think when it comes to like the bubble idea, I know I know it'd be tough. But like when the if they somehow made it to the playoffs, they could try it. Like I know that's you know a lot of yeah. teams still, but I, you get I think you got to try something. Just a matter. It's a. Yeah long way to eat you know yeah get there first right and i i don't think they're i i'm i'm feeling like they'll get like four weeks or something and then like something unfortunate will happen because like you said there's just so many players to deal with there's so many logistics that you just can't imagine and then you factor in the opt-outs i mean i think there's they're up to 50 something yeah have opted out already i mean i think you're gonna see a lot of you know, whether you bring in somebody who's just playing in the XFL or like right. guys off practice squads and things like that, that are going to look at this and, you know, view it as their opportunity to, to break into the NFL. So I don't think they're going to be, I don't think they're going to be too concerned about, you know, the, the health risks of it because, you know, this is their, their opportunity to get into the league. So yeah, maybe the, uh, you would like to think that the, the NFL will put, players safety first and health first and and whatnot but it just feels like this is we could end up in a situation where they start the season and it just becomes a a total nightmare from with regards to the number of cases that we see and at that point they'll have to make a decision to 
whether they're press on or not. And it's just a, a matter, I think, of how much they're willing to stomach that the residual effects. You know, yeah. A certain number of cases that they're like, they would deem, okay, well, this is getting a little out of control. Cause I think it's, I think it's inevitable that there's going to be a pretty high number of cases that come from the NFL season. Yeah. I, uh, I think my big thing with the NFL has been, there's no way they look at, you know, what's going on and see the NHL and the NBA and the MLB playing and say, yeah, we're not going to play because the NFL in the end is the biggest league, you know, right now, probably in the world in terms of popularity and everything. And in the end, they want their money somehow, some way. And not playing is the guarantee of getting no money. So somehow, some way, I definitely do see them at least trying. Uh, I I hope for the best because in the end, we all love football. We all kind of like need it. And that'll be like a really good break for all of us. You know, whether it comes through fantasy football or just news every single week of who's playing and who's not like that's what football brings. So I I'm hopeful I am. And I'm, I'm still waiting for that like huge name to opt out. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's what a lot of us are waiting for. Uh, so far it's really, I think Dante Hightower has been probably the biggest player in the league that's opted out. If yeah. I, if I'm thinking it, back. It's, I mean, what is it? Patriots uh, as of, Tuesday had eight players, I think it was. So it's, yeah, I mean these numbers are getting up there. Yeah, yeah, they they are, and I, it's just weird. And they have what till Thursday, I think they agreed upon. So I'm still waiting for that big name to drop. I know there's one that's probably common, and that's probably a safe bet. Yeah, I mean we haven't seen a quarterback yet. I felt like we were gonna get one. We'll see what happens. We'll see yeah. what happens. But um. I have one last question for you before you before I let you go because I, I hate taking people's times out of the day. I appreciate yeah. you giving me this time. Um, I ask this question to every single one of my guests because the whole point of my podcast is not to just be about sports. So let me ask you, if you could recommend one movie or TV show, what oh, would wow. it be? It can be anything. We've had some wild recommendations over the weeks. Oh man. And you could do both if you're if you're so inclined. If like you have like two that are just like on the tip of your tongue, you can do that too. One lo- if you need some examples, I can give those to you. Yeah, like, but what did everybody else say? Uh so uh Lauren said the challenge on MTV. Um let's see. Gabby said uh Survivor. We got a lot of reality shows all of a sudden. It's very Fire. interesting. Yeah, I was not ready for the survivor. <laughs> um, uh, uh, thing in the office. Old yeah. friend Chris Grenham. <laughs> under the radar. <laughs> he gave succession. Um, we got a lot of TV shows. Uh, one of my friends gave Space Jam. And then I think Abby said 90 Day Fiance. So we got a lot of shows that kind of like, you know, you know Bring, what I did rewatch recently was uh, Breaking Bad, and I think it's always a classic. That's a great option. See that—that's the perfect option. So, I, I, I would agree with you that's, there. That's that's not exactly a newcomer by any stretch, but I I watched it again, and I you know. Have you seen? Did you see the movie? Classic. What's that? Did you see that movie that uh, El Camino? I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it bad. felt it was all right. It was good. Felt a little unnecessary, but yeah. Well, I mean, that's how that's how most things are that yeah. come out nowadays but it was it was fine um i can't complain but yeah breaking bad is a great option i think i rewatched that before, uh earlier this year too it's good it's a great uh show i'm big on the uh like just whatever random documentary series come out on netflix okay you know, like, yeah i know what you mean you get, like a tiger king dropped on you yes yes it's yes. like a you know that was a pandemic godsend <laughs> that that thing that was so popular it was ridiculous yeah that, so uh, you get like a you know something like that there's a recent one i think it was the jeffrey epstein one yeah uh, i know the michael jordan one just went on there for people that haven't seen the last dance i just started was... watching the uh that fear city one about the you know the uh it's like the, about the mafia yes the yes yes um, so I, I haven't got too far into it, so I don't know whether to recommend it or not, but so far so good. 
So maybe that, okay, okay. that could be my I, answer. I'll take it. I like anything that's kind of out of the blue. And I like the documentary series from Netflix because that is really like, yeah, it usually produces a lot more good than bad. I'm also like, I'll scroll, I probably spend more time scrolling through Netflix than actually yes, watching. This is, this is true. This is very true. We all do. Yeah. I, I take more time adding to my list to watch later than I actually do ending up watching later. Yeah. <laughs> my my list is uh, extensive. Yes, yes, those are good options. I'll take Breaking Bad and uh, Netflix documentary series like Tiger King. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I'll, you know, I'll text you when I. I'll, I'll think all right. It. Okay. If you have a movie <laughs> off the it. top of your head, I know. I know movies are always a good choice. Uh. Uh. You know what I need to see? What's the uh? That movie, The Outpost, is that on uh, on demand now? I believe I heard good things about that. I haven't seen it yet though, so that's on my to do list. It's, a bo- it's bold to ever recommend. Oh, okay, 2019. Yes, yes, that's on. Uh, yeah, I've heard good things about that as well. Uh, but I haven't All seen right. it, so I don't know if that's good or not. That's not a recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> not a recommendation. Just like um, a movie. Okay. What's the last movie I? I'm hoping it's like something absurd. <laughs> I know today's the uh, 14 year anniversary of Talladega Nights, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. That's a, you know what? That brings up a good point. We had this debate the other day in our, uh, oh boy, our daily check in Zoom conference call. We do. Like, what was like the, what was the last like really good comedy? Really good comedy? Like um, a, a generational game changing type comedy. Oh, generational. Okay. That's. Like, it's that's tough. A, I feel like it's a, a genre that's sort of yeah, it's kind of flattened. Cause I I saw two pretty good to great like comedy movies last year, but I don't think they're either of them would be generational. Because you know? like since you brought up Talladega Nights, like that was in that was a pretty good stretch. That was a good run of comedies. Yeah, uh, Will Ferrell was printing out bucks back then. That was his uh, prime. Man, that's a good I question. Would, like, you know, like old school probably, and then like you had the just Will Ferrell's hits. Then you had oh, uh, oh, Hangover came into play and Superbad. Like, well, it also depends what people. You know, movies. It depends what people consider a comedy movie because, like, all those movies you just said, I consider a comedy movie. But some people try to tell me like, you know, Bad Boys for Life is a comedy movie. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, you no. can't put that under that genre. Um, did you see Good Boys from last year? It's not at all, at all generational, but it is a funny movie. <laughs> I have not seen it, no. I definitely, uh, definitely could, could try that one out. Um, I liked Booksmart from last year, but also not generational. Damn, that's a tough question. See, this is this is the show I asked the questions, and you this just brought shit. the toughest question possible <laughs> to me. I like Ted. Ted was good, yeah. I put Ted up there. I quote Ted a lot. Ted 2. I quote Ted 2 a lot. Man. I don't even think Ted came up in our conversation. So That's unfortunate. Well, Ted might be the most recent. I will, you know what I'll do? I'll bring that back to the team. Thank you. Please do, because I think I think what Ted brings to the table is just absurdity from the start. Don't get me wrong. And I think the both editions, both editions are fantastic in terms of giving you just such stupid laughs. And like the like the comment, ah, oh, sorry, I was sending a tweet, or like the grr Mondays, or like those are like these are things that people still use. And I think those those two movies could be options there when it comes to generational comedies. That's a good answer. Thank I you. Looked it up. That was 2012. Jesus. So that's the second one or the first one? First one. Oh, thank God. Oh, Which, man. The second one, I'll tell you right now, uh, was 2015. But wow. But it only underscores my point that they're few and far between now. Yeah, that's why I, I think those are, like, my only two options here of, like, recent, even though five years ago the most recent one came out. But, yeah, those are my, uh, those are my entry into the conversation. I mean, you can't beat Step Brothers, and you can't be like. Oh yeah, that's. Those are the those are the classics of the classics. But that that was a great question. Opinions. That was a good question to end on. Um, well, thank you for uh, joining me here. I 
I, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I appreciate the solid hour you gave me. No, I got nothing going on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have more than I do. <laughs> I'm just, you know, here doing a show, and I appreciate this talk. I hope to have you on again. Hopefully, like, maybe fans will be in attendance at sports games. Maybe okay. the NFL will get through a few weeks. Like, th- these are the possibilities. Maybe, you know, maybe they'll, they'll come back and we can – we'll do a podcast from the crowd. That would be delightful. I mean, it won't happen, but it would be delightful because that would be a lot of, like, gear to bring in. Oh, man. But, uh, Ricky, thank you. I enjoyed talking to you, and I hope uh, I hope this wasn't too much of a waste of time for you. Oh, God, no. Thank you. <laughs> See, that's the perfect way to end it. Thanks, uh, No, no. Thank you, Ricky. I want to give one more huge thank you to Ricky for coming on. I mean, he didn't have to give me that time, and he always has been really open and helping me even when I've left. So, you know, I can't thank him enough. Um, otherwise, this week, you know, that was that was my main goal this week, to, you know, finally get to talk to Ricky. Um, there's not much, you know, going on in terms of topics in the world I need to talk about that I didn't cover on the interview so you know let's just keep enjoying sports uh wear your masks uh if you want follow me on twitter or instagram at scott j edwards jr jr for short um otherwise i'm you know i'm excited for what's next hopefully i'm really hoping football season can uh be a thing um and other than that you know stay safe out there and i will talk to you next week so see you guys For the boys in blue and all this small town He said, she said Ain't it funny how rumors spread Like I know something y'all don't know Man, that talk is getting old You better mind your business, man Watch your mouth Before I have to knock that loud mouth out I'm tired of talking, man Y'all ain't listening Them old dirt roads is what y'all miss I'm chilling on a dirt road Laid back, swerving like I'm George Jones